During the transatlantic slave trade, an estimated 12 and a half million Africans were forced onto slave ships and trafficked to the Americas. According to one scholar, it took at least 36,000 voyages, and it's estimated that around 1,000 of these ships likely sank along the way. Tara Roberts is a National Geographic explorer and storyteller who left her old life behind to join Diving with a Purpose, a group of black scuba divers searching for these shipwrecks and the history contained within them. She's documented her journey in a new National Geographic podcast series titled Into the Depths. Here's a little taste of that podcast. Through these ships, we could bring lost stories up from the depths and back into collective memory. Just as important, it was a way to help me understand my roots, my own family's history, and where I and we belong as Black Americans right now. It's a fascinating journey. Tara Roberts, welcome to Late Night Live. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Tell me, how did you get involved with this project? How did you find out about it? Oh, it was completely by accident. Um, I just happened to be visiting uh, a museum in Washington, D.C. It was the National Museum of African-American History and Culture. And I ended up on the second floor um, and I saw this picture. And it was a picture of a group of primarily Black women on a boat in wetsuits. And I had never seen a group of Black women on a boat in wetsuits before. (laughs) So it stopped me in my tracks and made me super curious. And when I looked to um, discover who they were and what they were doing, I discovered that they were part of this group, Diving with a Purpose, and that part of their mission was to search for and help document slave shipwrecks around the world. And it completely floored me. I was like, what? These people who look like me are doing what work? (laughs) So I became really intrigued and wanted to be involved with it. How do you go about finding and documenting these shipwrecks? Well, I will say that it is not easy. (laughs) Um, And that's partly because most of these ships are made out of wood. Um, So they were built in the 1600s and the 1700s when that was the primary material. And so when these ships wreck, they splinter, um, they wreck in pieces. And those pieces over time get covered by the sand on the ocean floor. Um, They're often encrusted with coral or marine life has made um, some of these artifacts their home. So it's not like you can be a diver and go down and suddenly see a slave ship somewhere. You have to start in the archives. And it starts with historians and archaeologists who um, use the archives to help pinpoint a location. And this is what was super surprising for me. I had no idea that there were so many records of this time, but it turns out that a lot of these ships were insured. And so when they wreck, the ship's captains or the financial backers want their money back. 
And so they put in claims and then the insurance companies investigated those claims. And so there are all kinds of records and court documents that historians and archaeologists comb through to begin to get um, a sense of where the location of the wreck might be. And once they get that location, they use big equipment like magnetometers and sonar scans to scan the ocean floor looking for anomalies. So like even though the the um, the boats were primarily made of wood, they might have had, you know, nails that um, connected pieces together or there might have been iron on the ship. Um, and so the, the equipment looks for those sort of anomalies on the ocean floor. And then once anomalies are pinged, um, then scuba divers go down and start to look at those anomalies with their eyes and with cameras to see if they are indeed something worth investigating further. Yeah, I reckon people's hearts must start beating just a little faster when they hear that ping and think, here's another possibility. <laughs> but you mentioned about 1,000 wrecks possibly out there. That's what's been estimated. How many have been found so far? It's a, it's a tricky number um, because some of the ships, even the ships that um, the divers are currently on missions for, are still officially being... Um, confirmed. So I think it's really safe to say that fewer than 10 have been found and properly documented. So there's still so much to do. So much, so much. That's like 990 more wrecks up there to work on. <laughs> I think you're going to be busy for a fair while yet. <laughs> now, look, you know, reading and learning about history is one thing and, and it can be fascinating and challenging and all of those sorts of uh, ideas that, that come to mind. But when you come face to face with it, it's a powerful experience, isn't it? So mm -hmm. I wonder what happened when you first came face to face with one of these shipwrecks. Um, it is definitely a powerful experience. There's something about encountering actual material evidence from the past and encountering it in its natural environment that makes that history real. Um, and it imprints on your mind. So I remember when I was in Costa Rica, and um, there are two possible Danish ships that are wrecked there. And that's what the team is currently exploring. Um, and they're documenting that wreck. And when I came across that anchor below, it was really surreal. Um, I could imagine the journey of the ship and the, the journey of what happened on the ship. But I could also, and this is the thing that is, I think, really tricky and also beautiful about this work. I could definitely imagine the horrors and the tragedy of the loss of life, um, of the journey over. But I also felt surprisingly really empowered. I felt pride. I felt joy at being able to bring a story that had been lost to history 
back into memory. Um, I felt a lot of pride in being able to help honor all the people who have been lost in the trade. And I don't know if you know this number, but they estimate that approximately 1.8 million Africans lost their lives in the Middle Passage. And that is not a number that is often taught in the history books. It was a number I didn't know. But to have that many people who lost their lives, um, that many people who are not mourned, who are not grieved, who don't have memorials to them, to be able to go down and to acknowledge what happened and to honor their lives just I mean, it brings satisfaction so and fulfillment. So that's a really different feeling than what I imagined I would have uh, felt, but it's great and beautiful. And it's the fullness of history and how that impacts on us today and going into the future. Could you tell us the story of the Saint-José, the shipwreck in South Africa? Oh, yeah, that's such a great story. <laughs> um the São José was a Portuguese ship. Um, it wrecked in the 1700s in South Africa. But what they discovered is that the ship actually came from Mozambique. Um, so a lot of people think that the transatlantic slave trade mainly pulled from West and Central Africa. But what this shows is that it also pulled from East Africa. There were approximately like between 500,000 and a million Africans that were trafficked through Mozambique and they would travel around the Horn of South Africa and go on to Brazil and to the Caribbean. So they found out that this ship came from Mozambique and the team is a team of divers, historians and archaeologists when they discovered where it came from and who was in the ship, they decided to bring word of what happened on that ship to the descendant community. Um, and the group that was on it uh, was a part of an ethnic group called the Makua. And so they brought word back to the Makua. And the Makua descendants celebrated that news. Um, they had a big celebration with music and dance and with speeches, they were really happy to know what had happened to their ancestors. Um, and the highest ranking Makua person there, the chief, um, ended up giving a gift to the dive team. And it was a gift of, well, it was a, a, a sacred vessel uh, that was made out of cowrie shells. And he filled it with soil from Mozambique. And then he charged the dive team with going back to South Africa and distributing that soil on the wreck site so that his ancestors could touch home for the first time in over 200 years. Yeah, and so they did that. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? And it, it's the yeah. sort of thing that makes uh, the hairs stand up on the back of your yes. neck. <laughs> yeah. They, when they tell the story, so I wasn't there for that ceremony. I went afterwards and I stood at the site 
And I also met the Makua chief. But when they tell the story, they say that when they went out and they chose an African-American, a Mozambican and a South African to distribute the soil. And they say that the seas were really turbulent um, that day and that it was a really gray, rainy, sort of miserable day. But when they went out um, and they distributed the soil, they say that the, the seas calmed down like immediately and that the sun came out. And so the the interpretation um, that the team has and that the descendants have is that their ancestors heard them and their ancestor souls were put to rest. So it's it's a really beautiful um, story of the power of healing um, that these shipwrecks can bring about. Tara, um, other underwater memorials have been placed at wreck sites also. Could this be the start of something? We know that there are developments in all sorts of areas like ecotourism, but could this be the start of something like aquatic tourism, you know, for, for scuba divers who want to experience something different? I mean, these are some of the most fascinating sites and historical sites in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's a, a tremendous opportunity for memorialization, um, for remembrance work. Um, and I think that there is an opportunity to to build uh, some things that could add to the ocean ecosystem um, and be really powerful and conservation minded. I will say that the sites are not necessarily easy to find. Um, and it's because, again, those artifacts are in pieces. They're not easy to to see. Um, and the teams are not bringing up everything. So there is something down there, but you kind of have to know where to go and how to look. So I, I hear you that this could be an amazing way to, um, to do some ecotourism, um, especially if people are taught not to touch those artifacts, not to try to, you know, take them away Mm. and bring them up. It could be really powerful, but I think there is an opportunity to also um, really create some things around these artifacts that honor them. It would be like going to a museum and you've got a display around the artifact. It could be really, really powerful. Exactly. And all of this raises that importance of who tells stories, who documents history. And I guess this is adding a whole other stream to the history that we already had. Yeah. I mean, there's so many perspectives on the slave trade that haven't been told. Even just sharing the story about the Makua ethnic group um, and their connection to the story. You've got the African-American diver, the South African diver, the Mozambican diver, all of them have different takes on this. And I would say that most of those perspectives have never been examined or explored before. But for us to really understand this history, we have to look at it from multiple points of view. I mean, it's global history with people from four different continents over 400 years. Uh, So a lot of the perspectives have not been shared. And especially those who passed away throughout this journey. 
I think that they are missing from their voices. Um, their stories are missing from the conversation. Tara, has it changed you at all? Did it make you look more deeply inside of yourself and your own personal history, your family history? Absolutely. I actually didn't know until I really started working on this project that this is maybe a little funny to say, but that there was something a little broken inside of me around the way that I approached history. Um, I, I realized that I was really afraid to look at the past of Black folks. And that's particularly because I think the way that much of that past is covered and talked about, um, it's centered inside of Black pain and Black trauma. And that's really hard um, to face. And I was particularly, I think, scared to look at my own ancestry um, because my ancestors were enslaved. And I didn't really want to face the fact that they've been owned by someone else. But what happened for me throughout this process is that I learned that there's a way to look at this past that is not centered in the pain and trauma. Um, I think there's a way that that pain and trauma has to be acknowledged but then there's a way to move through it. Um, there's a way to heal some of the past by looking back and embracing it. And now I'm so excited and enthusiastic about finding more of the stories of life, um, of joy, of power, of courage, of resilience that exist in the past. And not just thinking that those stories are just about pain. That's a huge, huge change for me. Tara, thank you for sharing this journey with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Tara Roberts is a National Geographic explorer and the host and executive producer of the podcast Into the Depths, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.